0: You are listening to The Bright Life Podcast, all about ways to stay inspired, chase your dreams, and find more gratitude in the highs and lows of the journey. I'm your host, Jessica Johnson. I'm a business owner, a part-time digital nomad, a self-growth junkie, a believer in other big-hearted women, and am all about sharing tips tips tricks, lessons learned, and encouragement, so we can all live our biggest, brightest lives. You ready? Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I have someone so special here today. I'm super excited to introduce you to... I have my friend Brittany here. Brittany and I have met on our entrepreneurial journeys and stayed in touch really for years now. She has an amazing story about building her own hair salon and spa. How cool is that? Um, And really just growing a business from scratch. She also is going to share with us her hair wisdom so that going into the holidays or whenever you're listening to this, we can all treat our hair with a little more love and have it looking great. Um, So I'll give a brief brief bio and then we'll have her share more about her story and dive right in. But What I can share with you is that Brittany Booth is the owner of Vibe KC, a Kansas City hair salon and spa. I've watched her through the years grow from renting her own booth at a salon to starting her own salon, growing a team, and designing the chicest, cutest place. If you've seen photos on Instagram, it's so beautiful. She is constantly taking classes to perfect her craft, sharing her wisdom on the socials, and it's equally fun to see her as a business owner, a hair expert, and really like a champion for women. She's so supportive and really just, I think, a light on social media, so fun to follow and just talk to as a person. So she says her favorite part of doing hair is getting to use her creative side and forming connections with her clients. Her goal is to provide a relaxing, fun atmosphere for her guests, help tackle any hair issues they have had in the past, and give them hair that makes them light up when they look at themselves. So awesome. Welcome. Thank you, Jessica. That was so sweet. I am so excited to be here. I'm super excited to just dive into all the things. I feel like there's so many different just directions we can take this and you know, ways that you've grown your career um, and your own business. It's so fun. So Maybe do you want to give us kind of your just overview of how things started, where you're at now?
1: Sure. You know, I have been doing hair since I got right out of high school. It was something that I always knew I wanted to do pretty much since I was probably 14. Wow. And, you know, I feel very lucky because most people don't know what they want to do even into their 20s and 30s. Yeah. And I have been doing what I love to do for 15 years now. I was a booth renter um, for a large portion of my career where I really had no idea what I was doing until I found a business coach. And then my career just kind of took off. And then it led me to business ownership,
0: which has been amazing and challenging and all of the things in between. Yes, definitely. And so for you, did you know, like that it sounds like you knew you always wanted to do hair, like you loved that. Did you always know you wanted to have your own business or was that something that came later? Um, It was definitely something
1: that came later. Uh, I knew that business ownership was a lot and it kind of intimidated me. And I also had a lot of those limiting beliefs that someone like me from a small town and someone who worked multiple jobs was not fit to be a salon owner. And then my mindset definitely shifted after going through my business program and building that confidence and realizing that I could do this and I could do this on my own, which has just been amazing.
0: Yeah, I know. I think that that's one of the biggest things with entrepreneurship is I feel like I got into it thinking like, it's all about the strategy. It's all about the business. That's what this whole thing will be. And then the mindset side, I did not even look at before, and you know, going into it. But I think that is almost the biggest part. Like no matter what stage you're in, you're always kind of chasing down your own beliefs. You're working on, I don't know, accepting bigger ones, like believing you can have it or I don't know, like there's just so much to it. Don't you think like with the mindset? Oh, absolutely. You know, I never realized what
1: imposter syndrome was until probably the last year and just realizing what that was and how many people struggle with it it's like, okay, it's so easy to get in that mindset that you have to just be able to get out of it and know that you are worthy and you are capable of doing things that you never thought you could.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's a huge one where everyone feels like they are experiencing that imposter syndrome, but then they don't realize that everyone else has it on some level too, right? In any way that you're stretching or, or whatnot. Like, how do you feel like, what was most helpful for you for breaking through the imposter syndrome?
1: Honestly, just continuing to like build my confidence, not only behind the chair, but just as a woman, you know, in her thirties and just the changes you see, the older you get, it's just easy to be like, to really just love yourself and know that you are capable and worthy of doing things. And that it doesn't matter what or where you came from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love that where you came from too, like, to isn't it interesting that like to me, that's one of the most interesting parts of your story, right? Like that, it's not almost as compelling of a story if you're like, oh yeah, I did it and it was easy and I just, it's like the, the parts that are so fun to hear about are like, yes, I started here. It was really hard. I had to figure it out. I had to, you know, work with someone who could show me kind of like what was possible. I had to work on all this mindset stuff. And now look what was here all along. I just had to almost go for it. You know, like that's kind of the fun part is hearing that story. Sure. You know, I think a lot
1: of people have a belief that hairstylists don't make a lot of money and, you know, it's kind of a a hobby for us. And once you kind of realize that it is a career and that you can, you know, build this dream life doing this job that you also just love everything about. It's just crazy where you can go with it.
0: Yeah. Probably especially as you expand, maybe. Like, I don't know the business side as much, but I imagine if you start to build a team and everything, like – now you're running a whole salon, a whole spa. Like how fun! It just almost the sky's the limit once you start to really be able to scale. Absolutely, you know I was very
1: uh, adamant about finding just that perfect team to like coexist with, and I just got so lucky with who I have working for me, and we're very supportive of each other. And you know the beauty industry is like no other, and I feel like hairstylists and people that work in it only truly understand us. Yeah. From like a business mindset. You know, I, one thing that my business coach always says is that no one will love your business as much as you do. And that is so true. You know, when I try to vent to my family or whatever, you know, they just don't understand it like another hairstylist does.
0: Right. Yeah. Do you find that, um, like with your business coach, how did you even find her? You know, like what, what, what kind of things were you looking for? Um, or maybe a better question is like how, what has had the most positive impact on your journey? Maybe it's her or if if there's anything else. Sure. Uh, you know,
1: she, I found her on social media Mm -hmm she is a like social media strategist coach just for hairstylists. And I was kind of at the point in my career where I knew I had the skills, but I just like could not figure out how to build my clientele.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when I was in school, we did not learn social media or the correct way to market ourselves or, you know, how to work smarter and not harder. And so I was kind of at that point where Do I find a different um, side job or do I invest in somebody that can teach me how to build my business? And, you know, she did a free week course that kind of just showed you what was possible to that you could change in a week. And when I saw growth from that, I knew that I had to invest in myself and take the leap and join her program.
0: Love that. What a good idea too, just kind of showing you don't have to fix everything overnight, but here's for one week what you can do. And then if you actually see traction, you're like, okay, I do think I want to see what can change in a whole year with this.
1: Yeah. And I saw changes very quickly. I was able to quit my second job within four months of
0: doing this.
1: And you know, the uh, connections that she wants us to build with other like-minded hairstylists because not every hairstylist has that business mindset. And mm-hmm. no, finding that community within the group was just so huge and being able to have that support at my beck and call was just what really helped me grow my business.
0: Yeah. I think that that's such a huge thing. And it's even like, I mean, I value even just being able to reach out or send a quick message to you or whatever because it's almost just knowing that there's people, even if they're doing it differently. So it's probably a whole nother level to have the hairstylist support, right? People in your industry. But even just people like on the entrepreneurial journey, like I think there's something about just having the, I don't know, people almost in the arena with you, like Brene Brown says, where they're, they're trying and they're figuring it out and you kind of just cheer each other on because you're in the fight together, like- I don't know. It's just fun. It makes it feel much more doable. And just um, I feel like you have an instant connection, right? Because you just get what they're going through on some level from the mindset stuff or anything else you mentioned.
1: Yeah. You know, I have really focused this last year with everything going on to follow these accounts that are uplifting and other boss babes and, you know, just to like keep that encouragement up. And honestly, my feed is just... filled with the most inspiring things that just like lifts me up daily.
0: <laughs> I love that. I did that too. And I think that that, I mean, it becomes so automatic, like social media, you know, Facebook feed, Instagram, whatever, that I just felt like so many people feel so like brought down by it or, you know, it can be like a negative kind of more toxic space, but I'm like, well, we do have control over what we make it, right? So it's like, Following people like you, following people who are just inspiring or uplifting, it becomes such a different thing when you just reach for your phone automatically and that's what you see versus kind of using it for bad, right? Like using it the other direction and then you're like, oh man, I don't even mean to do that. And now I feel bummed out for the next like afternoon.
1: Yes, because we all know that we get sucked into the scroll.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And you just kind
1: of have to make sure you're scroll- scrolling through the good stuff.
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like being intentional almost with all the stuff that you can just have kind of inputting around you all the time. Yes, absolutely. What would you say is like one of your biggest lessons in this journey? Um, I think to stay humble
1: and know that there's always something that you can learn. And if you do what you love and chase your dreams, that you can get to where you want to be.
0: I love that. Yeah. get If you just keep, keep like going, like were there any times when you, I don't know, almost were like, I don't know how I'm going to piece this together or maybe it shifted, right? Like maybe once you had that team behind you, that was really the change um, in in the direction and just almost the confidence belief you could go there. You know, with entrepreneurship, I feel like in any
1: industry, it is such an up and down cycle that it's so easy to get defeated when, let's say, in our industry, you have a a last-minute cancellation or you have, like, a random slow week. You know, we still – I still have those days where it's like, what am I doing that – or what Mm -hmm. could I be doing more of? And then you're just like, okay, we're going to have bad days, but we're going to have good days. And it's just really trusting the process and knowing that you're meant to be doing what you're doing and that it'll – everything will be okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost not making the bad day mean more than just the bad day. <laughs> it's yes. like you can get into that cycle and it just make it mean so much more. Like, oh my gosh, it, you know, can talk about your, your worth, your abilities, your whole business. And but if it's just like, this is just a bad day, like it's okay. There'll be a good day tomorrow. I love how you put that.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's just important. I mean, and it's okay to have bad days because I think sometimes people are like, no, just focus on the good. Well, it's not always going to be good, Mm -hmm. and that's okay too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. Like accepting that, that that's part of almost like the whole human experience versus forcing it to always – that expectation of this will always be good. It's like, no, it's okay to have a little bit of everything in here. Yes. What about for you? Like what is part of your vision for – your brightest life, like what you want to create one day, like what's on the horizon?
1: I think for me, it's really having that work-life balance. Um, I believe, you know, especially my generation, we were taught to just work, work, work. Yeah, And it's so easy to get into that mantra. I know that I can be a workaholic. And this year, especially, I was like, you know what? I want to make sure that I take care of me behind, Like, besides in my career, because my career is doing great and it's time to just do things for me and create those boundaries in my
0: business. Yeah, that's so huge, especially probably the stage you're at where you're like, everything's going so well. Let me just keep driving more and more into it. But it's almost, that's a mistake people make, right? Where it's like, let me let this just go really well and then not feel like I have to be the one that's like clinging to it, making sure it's it's doing well. Like you're like, it's good. I put up these processes, like things are flowing. Like let me actually pour back into myself now and enjoy, the, enjoy it as well for a little while.
1: Yeah, I am very good at just like pouring everything into work. And I think a lot of people are. And so, yeah, I said this year, I am just on this like giant self-love journey and just figuring out what I want most out of life while I'm still
0: very young. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We're like mid, mid-30s, mid you know? We're just getting started. I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm, I don't know, 20, mid-20s or something, but just with a lot more experience under my belt now.
1: <laughs> yes. I tell my younger clients in their 20s all the time that like, my 30s have been my favorite. I have seen so much like growth within myself in my 30s and just like crush these goals in my 30s. And then, you know, my clients in their 40s say that it just keeps getting better and better. And so, used to like, I feel like getting older was kind of scary, which there definitely are aspects of it that mm-hmm. <laughs> are scary. <laughs> but you just keep growing and, you know, getting into these different chapters of life that just keep getting sweeter and sweeter.
0: Yeah, I love how you put that. What are like um, some of the self care things that you feel like make a big difference? You know, because I'm sure there's other women listening who are mid 30s in that stage of like, oh my gosh, I am, I'm killing it at work, but I'm working all the time. Or where do I even begin to bring some of that balance back into my life? Is that even possible? Like, is there anything that stands out to you that really helps, that makes a difference? You just enjoy the most out of anything. You know, for me,
1: I was actually talking to my mom about this the other day Um, when my birthday was coming around. I was like, what can I do for myself? And I am really good at treating myself. (laughs) I I get regular massage and I try to get facials Mm, and like traveling is a huge thing for me on my self-care because I just love getting away and getting to see new things. And so I think it's just Finding what brings you the most joy. When I yeah. am at home, I love just listening to music and, you know, reading books when I can shut my brain off mm-hmm. and <laughs> just like those little things that bring you joy and they don't always have to cost money. You know, it could be cooking a new recipe or something along those lines.
0: Yeah. I love the contrast of that, how it's almost like there can be the bigger things like the trips and the travel and stuff, Um, but the, it's also... What you mentioned just at home, like it's playing the nice music or sit, like cuddling with your dogs and reading a book or like lighting candles. Like, I don't it's almost sometimes just those little acts of self care that just make you feel a little bit more appreciated than like you're going through the day and you're the last thing on your list. So it's funny how it can just be those little things that it's just maybe that intention piece again that, that changes everything.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: What about some, like, hair tips for the gals or guys listening? Like, what are some things that we should we should absolutely know? Uh, definitely to
1: keep your hair moisturized. <laughs> okay. It is, you know, think of it like your skin. It needs moisture, especially in the drier months. And then this is... A big one that people don't like to hear, but get regular trims. (laughs) When your hair starts to break, it just kind of moves its way up. So when you keep those regular trims, your ends are awesome and your color looks fresh. And then the third one, the most important,
0: I think, is to use professional products. Right. Yeah, that's almost a a fun thing even in your 30s to start investing in, or probably way sooner. You're like, no, from the start. But Uh, like... It's one of those things, right? Where you're like, treat yourself. Like, you <laughs> you can afford this. Yes. This will last you a month. You deserve this. Your hair will yes. thank you.
1: And you know, most of my clients, when they switch over, and I never pressure anybody, you know, I'm like, you do what you can do. But when you start using those good products, you do realize that they, they last you a lot longer. And they help elongate your color that you've spent so much money yeah. on. And, you know, there's just so much... Wax and other ucky chemicals in over the or I don't know, over the counter products yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and that you just when people start to use it, they're like, oh, this is what my hair is supposed <laughs> <to look>
0: like. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like skincare. To your point with the moisturization, like once I started using really good skincare hair products, I was such a convert. I was just like. Oh my gosh! I can never go back. This one—it feels—it's one of those self-care things that feels so good. You just feel like you're really treating yourself. It becomes like this fun little ritual part of the day or night. And then two, I do feel like I see a difference. I don't know if it's um, what's it called? Like placebo. Placebo effect. Yeah, <laughs> but I do feel like there's a big difference. And I mean, same with hair care. Like once you go to the good side, I think it becomes easier to justify like the investment in it.
1: Yeah, I took a class, gosh, years ago, and the educator said it's kind of like talk to your clients about it, you building your hair wardrobe kind of with your skin. Mm. You don't have to do it all at once, but you know, each time you can get something new that is going to kind of help keep your hair in good shape and healthy and shiny and you know, whatever else that you're needing. And I think a lot of people think that we want you to buy it all at once,
0: but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. (laughs) Yeah. So if someone's going to begin somewhere with this hair wardrobe, is it moisturizer or what piece, maybe it changes via hairstyle or whatever, but like what piece do you recommend starting with?
1: You know, it's definitely different for everybody, but okay. I think, like, a good leave-in conditioner spray, which can also act as, like, a heat protectant and a UV protectant because the sun affects our hair just like it does our skin. And that wow. is just kind of an easy one to start with. And then you can go to, you know, a really good shampoo and conditioner, you know, but clients also need to realize that you should ask your stylist what's best because not everybody needs a smoothing or, (laughs) you know, some stuff is too heavy for people. And if you get the wrong stuff, I can see where people will be like, well, this isn't working.
0: We definitely don't want that to happen. Yeah, that's so true. It's almost remembering that it's like the second piece is you know, asking, letting your hairstylist guide you. It's like one, get on board with investing in the good pieces and building that wardrobe for your hair. But then two, it's like, I have noticed such a big difference. Like when you have recommended products versus when I've just kind of, you know, try it on my own. Like, oh, this looks cool. <laughs> we don't, I don't really know. Right. Like I don't know if right. my hair needs more protein, more moisture, more smoothing. So like let the experts help you almost. Yes.
1: That is what we are here for. And I would say 99% of hairstylists are going to be very happy to help you with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It makes their work look better. Everyone kind of wins in that scenario. Yes, exactly. What about, are there any misconceptions that people have um, when it comes to hair or, like, myths, mistakes people are making? Any biggies that you see a lot? Um, This
1: one's kind of funny. So when you, if you use a box color at home, which it happens sometimes, (laughs) that it does not just fade out, even if it's been a couple years, that that color will still be there. So just be honest with us yeah. i guess <laughs> we're kind of like your doctor we're not there to shame you we just know we'll have to take a different approach if you do have any of that metallic dye on your hair so that is a big thing is just to be honest with us and we won't yell at you We promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know this is something also um all hairstylists are not makeup artists Yeah. (laughs) I get that
0: a lot. I'm like, well, you do hair, you must do makeup too. Oh, really? That's so funny. Yes. No, no, I do not. (laughs) They're like, can you just like do all this? I'll just come in and you'll touch up everything going on here. Yes. And also a trim and a haircut are the exact same thing. Got it. Yes. Because do people come in and they're like, oh, just a trim or expect it? I, you know, I imagine people are like, they don't realize that the same time is still spent. Like, you've done education on this that I feel like has been really helpful, where you're like, actually, most of the time is spent doing the dry or whatnot. So right. it's not like you're getting this smaller, not procedure, but we we're just talking about doctor service. A yeah. smaller service, right? Like, it's the same thing. Uh-huh. You're just trimming a different length, maybe. Yes, exactly. It's more about the hair that's left on your head and
1: not taken off of your head.
0: Yes. Okay, <laughs> I love that. I love that. For any you know hairstylist listening, listening people who are maybe newer in their careers or dreaming of doing what you're doing, do you have any advice or things you wish you would have known starting out that you can impart with them?
1: I definitely is take as much education as you can, and just know that you have something to learn from pretty much everybody. We all do hair differently. And I wish I would have invested in education at a lot younger age, but I know money can be an issue at some point, but that's the best way
0: to kind of grow quickly and in the smart way. Okay. I love that. Almost just invest in that education yourself and it's going to help your craft. It's going to help your business. Yes. all the things. <laughs> yes, you know there was one year where
1: I was like I'm just going to invest in hair cutting classes and then just coloring classes and one year I just did strictly business because we are business owners and there yeah. is a lot to our job that we aren't always taught in school. So
0: I think yeah, just stay humble and keep learning. Yeah. Okay, one last one for the hair is for anyone who's not a hairstylist but's going to see one Anything that they can bring in or what should they do to make the experience as like wonderful as possible for both sides, for themselves as like the client and the guest and then the hairstylist, like how to get what they want basically so that everyone's thrilled.
1: (laughs) Sure. You know, I always do for, especially for new clients, I do a pre email consultation that kind of talks about their goals and one, you know, has them send me pictures of their, their color and ask them just kind of their hair history. And so I always tell people to come in with pictures of what they like and what they do not like, because sometimes we, they don't know how to explain it in our language, or we're just like not hitting the same page where if I, you know, if I see pictures and they're like, this is what I think is a golden blonde and as, <laughs> in a hairstylist eyes, that's not a golden blonde, but I know kind of what tone she's thinking because yeah. we are always going to speak on the same page. And that's then also good. come to your color appointment with clean hair.
0: Oh, okay. Like freshly washed from that morning or the day before or, or what's the-, the time frame?
1: The day before is fine, just as long as there's not a lot of product buildup or, you know, sweat and dirt, because all of that can kind of affect how the color is going to penetrate the hair. And just to know that you're going to get the best bang for your buck. (laughs) If you come with that, you know, clean hair with no product on it and dry, dry is also important. (laughs) Um, Then your stylist is just going to have a fresh canvas to kind
0: of work on. Ooh, these are so helpful. It's so true about that photo too, that like, when I, even when I'm like describing something to someone, I might be looking at like, oh, I think the shading is pretty, or you probably have a different even term for (laughs) it, but I'm like where the placement of the color is. But then if you don't, if I don't articulate that, they might think that I like the color exactly, you know? So I love that idea of just, here's what I like. Maybe there's a few ideas and then here's what I don't. And you can almost meet in the middle with what you're truly talking about.
1: Yes. And, you know, one more thing, if you have been going to your stylist, say, for a long time and you guys tend to do the same thing or you're wanting to really switch it up, it is definitely in your benefit and the stylist benefit to kind of know ahead of time, just in case oh,
0: okay. they don't
1: have that color on hand or that actually will take a lot more time. You know, sometimes people will show up and say, oh, I've changed my mind. And we're like, oh, dang it. We don't <laughs> right. have time for that.
0: Yeah. But
1: in that's just something that you guys wouldn't think of. But I know that
0: we've had that issues in the salon. So if I can put a little word out there for that, that will definitely help. Yeah. It's almost like the trim and cut, like, but just not everything is equal almost. Like you just, you have to, I don't know, let give them, give them a heads up. If it's going to be a drastic change, we might not even realize that that takes time, but it's going to be like no, no, though. No. There's more nuances that your hairstylist having to think through and probably yes. just the pressure of like expecting one thing you've done 15 times versus like we're going <laughs> right. to go completely dark or something, you know, vice, yes. vice versa today.
1: In which we love big transformations. Don't get us wrong. We just yeah. like
0: to be prepared for them. <laughs> right. And then every then you can do your best work and it's more fun, relaxing versus just, I don't know, jarring for kind of everyone involved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are so good. I actually learned so much and I'm sure everyone else, you know, maybe you work in this stuff all day, but when you don't know hair, you kind of are like lost in this world. You're like, what kind of should I be doing? Should I not? So I think they're very helpful.
1: (laughs) Yes. I definitely have to remind myself that like my clients haven't been doing hair for 15 years and they don't speak my language and they don't know what a lot of these things mean. So just explaining or asking more questions has also just been so helpful on my end.
0: Oh, that's cool. Okay. Well, so if people are listening and they've just fallen in love with you, as everyone does, like, how can people get in touch with you, um, whether they're local to you or maybe virtually even in this world?
1: Yeah, you know, I have... Instagram is probably my most frequented uh, social account. I tend to put most of my investment in that social Mm -hmm. um so my email or instagram is beauty underscore by dot brit and then or you can either send me a message there or also send me an email if you go to that my account there should be an email button and i am always open to answering questions
0: Awesome. Yeah, you put so much value out on Instagram and it's even fun to just, she posts so many cute kind of color transformations like hair tips, um, even, you know, email are so helpful. She'll go deeper on things. So highly recommend following along and getting in touch and whether you are in person and can go see her or even just get tips and stuff to better your own hair care or get inspiration of all the amazing transformations she makes. I think it could just be such a fun one to follow and learn from and just follow your journey as you grow the business and salon too. Thank you so much for being on here today. And again, you can go follow her on Instagram, check out her emails, um, and I will put the information in the show notes as well so you can have easy access to everything. But thank you again for coming on today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I recently created a free bonus for listeners that I'm super pumped about. It's a seven day workbook to create your biggest, brightest life full of exercises I use to bring my dreams to life, work through fears and take inspired action. You can download it for free at bit.ly forward slash podcast bonus, just as a thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you leave a review or share it with a friend. That helps so much with discoverability so others can find it too. Thank you so much for listening in. I'll talk to you next Thursday.